Hello, and welcome to On Point, a podcast by Oak Street Funding, where we bring research and data-backed insights to dig into the minds of industry leaders to learn how to stand out, navigate, and break through this ever-changing industry. I am your host, Bridget Height, and you can support the podcast by following us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on our website, or really wherever you get your podcasts. We will be there hanging out, talking to industry leaders, and ready to empower you to grow your business. Now let's get on point. I am pleased to welcome back Jane Saxon of Somerset CPAs and Advisors. Jane was previously on the show discussing tax-effective business structure. Be sure to tune into Season 1, Episode 2 for some great advice. Today, Jane brings her 25 years of professional experience to discuss using capital and equity effectively. Welcome back, Jane. Thank you for inviting me back. (laughs) Well, we'll just jump right in. Let's do it. Um, The capital gains tax has been in the news a lot lately as Congress debates the details of the Build Back Better Act. First of all, can you tell us what the capital gains tax is all about? Yeah, so capital gains tax has been around for a little bit. So currently, there are certain transactions that if you if you sell like a, a stock, say if you sell IBM mm-hmm. or if you sell the stock of your business, is subject to capital gains rates. Those are better rates than ordinary income. So right now, we have capital gains rates that are available to individuals of zero, 15 and 20%, depending on how much your total income is. So what the big debate has been is, as part of this Build Back Better Act, um, politicians were debating removing these favorable capital gains rates. And the business owners and then those of us who would sell stock would just be subject to ordinary income rates on those Mm -hmm. transactions. So um, at a minimum, that would be an increase of a 20% tax rate. So it was hotly debated, um, hotly contested, and very important to to business owners and to individuals right. who may have transactions that fall into that category. So what is the current state of the capital gains tax? And right is it now, going to change? it is not going to change. Okay. Fortunately, it is not. So the Build Back Better Act um, has stalled. Okay. It we really thought that it might go through for 2022. Um, it stalled at the end of 2021. Senator um, Manchin would not put his support behind it, which, um, given the uh, the split, he they really needed his support. Right. He said, "No, I can't sell this to my constituents," and um, has really uh, slashed some of the provisions. So as we sit here right now, capital gains rates are gonna remain the same. What we do know though, um, is they will never go lower. It is just highly unlikely they'll go lower. Um, There is probability that they could go higher in the future. So if we have an opportunity to um, take advantage of transactions that would qualify for capital gains in 2022, we're gonna do that. Okay, great. Um, there are a lot more capital options available to business owners today than there ever have been before. Yes. Can you walk us through some of those options? Sure. Um, so all of those options really fall into two categories, mm-hmm. debt or equity. And the debt options are what you might traditionally think of. They're going to be traditional loans um, from lenders. They mm-hmm. may be um, just working capital loans, loans that um, you need on a daily basis 
that help you fund the daily operations mm -hmm. of your business. It could be permanent working capital, so a long-term loan. It could be uh, equity in inventory, so a lot of like used car dealers or car dealers use a floor plan to help them float the cost of their inventory. Um, if they don't have that work that floor plan in place, um, getting liquidity out of their inventory. So those are examples of traditional debt that okay. would provide capital. Um, shareholder loans. So you're a business owner. You might have private wealth outside your business. You loan money back into your business. Um, that can be a, a source of capital. Okay. Equity. Um, there are so many sources of equity today. Mm -hmm. It's uh, with the uh, we laugh with the uh, millennial world, but it they really been very creative in sources of okay. equity. So um, we hear a lot about um, private equity. Mm -hmm. um, that's an investment group that will come in and perhaps they buy a piece of your business and then they provide equity for growth um, to continue growing or to continue acquiring mm -hmm. like kind of businesses. Family offices, so um, high wealth families who want to invest in certain industries or perhaps um, not even certain industries, just have capital to introduce into a business right. as an option. And then again, shareholders can make loans to or make contributions to their business, which become equity. So lots of options wow. in the uh, capital world. Okay. Um, something our listeners may not have considered is mm -hmm. capitalizing a succession plan. So can you talk about how business owners can structure a succession plan to maximize their return? I can. I talk about this a lot on a daily basis. So there are three things that you really need to have in place in order to maximize the succession plan. Okay. First, you've got to have good, solid financial statements. We want financial statements that reflect the true operations of the business. And so what that means is taking out what we call discretionary items. So, you know, if you are accustomed to running a lot of personal expenses mm -hmm. through your business, we want to pull those out so that a potential buyer or succession plan can see the true performance of your business right. um, not impacted by your personal expenses that had run through it because we don't want to have to go to them and sell them on the fact that okay those are really not cost of doing business okay. those were those were part of my personal life the second thing you want to have in place is a strong management team and that's whether you have an internal succession or an external which would be a sale to a third party having a strong management team in place that doesn't require your presence as a mm -hmm. business owner uh, is highly valuable. It's going to result in a larger purchase price from an external buyer. If you have an internal transition where you're transitioning to a key employee or perhaps to another family member, it allows you to step away from the business right. and be certain that you're going to get paid on that business because your management team is running the business right. and has been running the business. Not a lot to change. So the last thing we need is time. Mm -hmm. The longer we have to structure a succession plan, the more success we're gonna have. Okay. Um, five years is, is ideal, seven years is better. One year is tough um, because there's not time to make changes right. and adjustments to maximize the value that you've built in this business. So those three items are the, the keys that I focus on. Great, thank you. And um, what is, the next question I have is, what is the optimal or target amount of working capital that a business should maintain? That is, that is a loaded question. <laughs> um, it's unique for 
every business. Yeah. It depends on the type of business you're in. Mm -hmm. It depends on whether it is capital intensive, mm -hmm. whether there's a lot of accounts receivable in your business. But what the way to determine that is to take a look at the historical operations of your business. Mm -hmm. Look, you really have to do an analysis to see what did you need to run your business and what would have been optimal. And we can zero in on that by looking at a 12 month or a 24 month average. And then looking at projections of how much you want to grow going forward. And then what do we need to interject in order to maintain that? Okay. So um, it's an analysis unique for everybody, but it's an important piece to know. And on that note, it's important also not to have excess working capital in your business. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of businesses that received PPP loans last year, yeah. and they've kept those. Um, they've used that money, but they've also had great years. And so they've accumulated a lot of cash. Um, we really recommend that our business owners not keep a lot of excess cash in the business. Distribute that cash out to yourself. If you find you need it, loan it back to the business. Mm -hmm. But just having that excess working capital in the business is usually not the best idea. Okay. How should business owners use financial statements to evaluate capital budgeting decisions? Absolutely. So this goes back to, um, I think, one of our questions earlier where I yes. said that have good, yes. strong, accurate financial statements. They although they give you a historical picture of what your business did, mm -hmm. they also give you the ability to use your past performance to project your future performance. Okay. So you want to look at your financial statements when you're considering any type of capital investment for a lot of reasons. So if you're going to buy a very expensive piece of equipment, you want to know how it's going to impact your cash flow in right. your business. You want to know if you pay cash for it, if you take cash out of your business and pay cash for it, how does that affect your covenants with your lender? If you borrow money to pay for it, how does that impact your cash flow? How does it impact your taxes? And then again, how does it impact debt covenants that you might have with other lenders? So there are a lot of puzzle pieces that go into all of that but the key of that is your financial statements strong financial mm -hmm. statements and use them as a tool not just as a report at the end of the month or the end of the year actually understand your financial statements and what they're telling you okay um well let's see uh, the next question i have is as as a business owner is there anything else i should consider to protect the value or enhance the value of, of what i've built there certainly are. Um, one of the things we're talking to a lot of our clients about, um, it always sounds dark when we talk about it, is estate tax mm -hmm. and estate planning. And I always caution my business owners not to think of it in terms of, um, you only need to think about this if you're um, you're older. Right. Um, you know, this applies to anybody who has built wealth in their business. Currently, we have an environment where the there is an estate tax that applies to estates that transfer that are slightly over 20 million. But at the end of 2025, that's gonna be cut in half. So those families or business owners who have an estate that is in the $10 million range, anything over that is gonna be subject to estate tax. And that estate tax is 40%. Ooh. So um, I think one of the things that business owners don't always recognize is your business its value is a part of your estate. So mm -hmm. um, you may not have $10 million cash in the bank, but if you add the value of your business to your right. personal net worth, 
you may be in excess of that. And if you are, we want to make sure that we are putting measures in place to protect that. And there are a lot of things that can be done to protect your estate from that 40% tax. So, okay. Um, talk about those now and um, at least see if they apply to you. Great. Well, we are almost out of time today, but I, of course, want to ask a personal question uh, before you go. What was your, who was your favorite elementary school teacher? Oh boy, my and favorite why? elementary school <laughs> teacher. Let's go with, I'm going to say that it was Mrs. Haas in sixth grade. Haas. Haas, yes. And Mrs. Haas was a, I think why she was my favorite teacher is she was, um, she was an athlete, which um, not that I'm an athlete of any type, but she was just this strong role model. And um, she, she never let you give anything less than your best. Uh, and um, she just kept you accountable. And at the time it seemed hard and harsh, but in retrospect, I realized that she was just pushing everybody in the class to be their best. So can still work as awesome. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Jane. It was Absolutely. so nice seeing you again. Well, thank you all for listening to On Point, a podcast by Oak Street Funding, where we bring research and data-backed insights to dig into the minds of industry leaders to learn how to stand out, navigate, and break through this ever-changing industry. I am Bridget Height, and tune in next time wherever you listen to podcasts to hear Jim Rowe, President and CEO of Arlington Rowe, to discuss operating your business during disruption. See you then as we get on point. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review.